Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Just tell President Tom Brady at some point, enough, enough of this. Spend some time with your family. And he's like, all right, uh, okay, all right, I'm going to retire. Yeah. <laughs> then he no. look, looks at his family and goes, no. which one are you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. No, they can't do it. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Okay, because this is Brackets Week, we're going to get right to Spike Braun with the bracket because he's a former winner and he's in school, and we're keeping him away from the classroom for a little while. So, because actually when we're starting is 7.20 in the morning to accommodate Spike. Before we get to your bracket, did you win a pie contest? Did you eat pies? What What is this pie contest? What did you do? Uh, so yesterday during school, um, I was like, we were having a pie contest. So everyone in school was supposed to recite as many digits of pie that they can remember. And then... Oh, it's whoever, pie the number. It's not pie the combustible. Yeah. Or com- oh, comestible, no, would, whatever that word is. I would probably win that too, but I got to give someone else yeah. a chance. Um, so how how many digits out did you go? I only went 115 digits out. <laughs> only? That was enough to win? <laughs> Give us a little taste. That was enough. To, it's I like think, Uncle Milty. <laughs> yeah. I think an line. hour more of studying could have gotten me like 150 digits, but, you know, I won. Uh, got some money. I needed that money, so... Oh, good. Um, name, name uh, image, and likeness money for Spike Braun. <laughs> Winning the pie contest. Wonderful. All right, you ready to do the bracket for us? We're going to start yeah. in the top right, the Arizona bracket, and tell me any upsets at all in the first round. All right, so I have TCU knocking off Seton Hall in that 8-9 matchup. Okay. Uh, then I have University of Alabama-Birmingham beating Houston. I think Houston just – they play too much really? defense and not enough offense, and that – that won't win you games in the tournament. I just feel like okay. they're banged up. Yeah. Um, okay. And I'm surprised at that. Go sisters, ahead. My sister's school, Michigan, over Colorado State. A mm-hmm. lot of people believe they don't deserve to get in. They didn't, but they're going to win a game. Yeah, I don't think they deserve to get in. Um, I really don't. They pretty much collapsed at the end. But, okay, it's never an upset, by the way, when a major <laughs> conference school – even if they're ranked 11, it doesn't. It's not an upset. Their their schedule is too good. They know who they're playing. All right, anybody else right, in that yeah. particular round? Anybody? Uh, like, do you have no, Loyola of Chicago? Three. Okay. All right. So I then think take Loyola this out. Chicago's magic's running out. I just don't think everyone's picking them. Everyone's like, oh, it's to the point where it's not even like a Cinderella story anymore. So new coach. This I have year. Ohio State. Ohio State is in a better conference. They have better players. Loyola may win, but Ohio State has better players. All right, take us to where we have four teams left in in that region. So I have Arizona knocking off TCU. Uh Uh-huh. Illinois advancing to the Sweet 16 over Alabama-Birmingham. Okay. I have Tennessee beating Michigan and then Villanova over Ohio State. Okay, who you like in Arizona, Illinois? I have Arizona. I never like when a team's best player is their center. So I have Illinois getting knocked out in the Sweet 16. All right, Tennessee, Villanova. 
I'm rolling with Villanova. I love how they shoot the free throw. It's such a high rate. I think it's 84%, and that's wow. it's vital in the tournament. Okay, and who comes out? Who is the team that gets to the Final Four from this region? I really like Villanova this year, so I have them going to the Final Four. So Villanova has won twice in the past six or seven years, won the whole thing. They're the only team in the Big East that you can rely on. Everybody else is eh. Villanova's always good. Always good. Okay, yeah. the Kansas region, Spike. Give us the first um, round in the Kansas region. I have Creighton winning the 8-9 over San Diego State. Mm-hmm. And then I probably have the most simple upset pick this year, um, South Dakota State over Providence. Providence is only favored by two. They've struggled down the stretch. I think they lost by 27 to Creighton in the Big East tournament. I just don't think they're that strong of a team. Okay. So you got the Jackrabbits going into the next one. Go ahead. Who else? Um, that's it for that part of the bracket. But I'm really, oh, I really oh, like. Oh, so you have? State. I think they average like eight. Wait, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Yeah. All right, there's a couple of picks here that a lot of people are making. A lot of people are picking Miami over Southern California. You are not. A lot of people are picking Iowa State over LSU because LSU is in turmoil because they finally fired their coach. You pick Iowa State. You don't pick Iowa State. You pick LSU. You want to defend that one? I will defend that one. I think that LSU, I mean, there's a bunch of controversy surrounding their coach. I think that they want to prove something. Um, I think that sometimes teams play better without a head coach if, like, there's a lot of stuff going around the program, whether or not he might be clean, and they just want to prove that, like, yeah, we're we're the players and we're going to go out and get a win. I also don't think Iowa State is that strong of a team. They really started off strong, okay. but they struggled down the stretch. Much like Michigan. Much like Michigan, I would point out. Yeah. All right, Kansas-Creighton. Um, I have Kansas advancing. Okay, and Iowa, South Dakota State. Um, I really like Iowa this year, so I got them. But should be should be a close matchup to watch. I really like the South Dakota State team. LSU, Wisconsin. Um, I have Wisconsin from the Big Ten advancing. Okay, that's two Big Ten teams in this bracket, and USC, Auburn. Auburn's really struggled. They have NBA talent all over their roster, but they cannot win a game outside of their home court. So I have USC actually making the upset in the round of 32. I like Bruce Pearl. He's a good guy, though he has cheated a number of times. But Spike is so <laughs> right. Heard anyone say that. They don't win. They don't win outside of their home court. They don't. They just don't. Okay. Don't. Kansas, Iowa. And if you really like Iowa, are you going to pick Iowa to upset Kansas? You're correct, Tony. I'm picking Iowa to upset Kansas. I don't think it's that much of an upset, though. Um, Iowa ran the table in the Big Ten, so. Yep. Yep. You know, I, I'm loving the teams that won their conference championships and they're just riding that momentum. Wisconsin, USC. I'm going to set up a Big Ten Elite Eight matchup. I have Wisconsin led by Johnny Davis. That's pretty good. I really like the Big USC Ten teams. team, though, with Isaiah Mobley. I think they're a fun team to watch. Okay, so Iowa, Wisconsin. I assume you're going to go with Iowa. I am. I really like how they're led by a couple five-year, six-year seniors. Um, they got a coach's son on the team, and then obviously one of the best players in the country in Keegan Murray. I just don't think they're an easy team to beat. They're a threat to drop 100 any game. So I got them advancing to the Final Four. 
I feel bad that who's the kid you taught, Michael? Oh, Luca, Luca Garza. Luca Garza. That he's out now. I assume he's playing in Europe somewhere because he's not. I don't think he's in the NBA. Uh, it's too bad actually, that he's not on this I think team. He's on, I think he's on the Detroit Pistons G League affiliate. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I sort of like him because he's a local kid. All right, Spike's got Villanova and Iowa so far. So that's a two and uh, what's Iowa? Four or five at this point? Uh, All right, let's go to the Gonzaga five. region. Go to the Gonzaga um, region, Spike. Who you got? For the upsets, I have Vermont over Arkansas. The people on the CBS broadcast really liked Vermont. So I haven't really looked into this game as much. I just trusted their word. Okay. Anything else in the first round? Uh, I have the winners of Rutgers or the winner of Rutgers versus Notre Dame beating Alabama. No matter who it is, right? No matter no who matter it is. who it is, uh, I would okay. like Rutgers to win that game, but no matter who it is, is going to knock off Alabama. How about Davidson, Michigan State? You going to pick that one? No, uh, Davidson hasn't been that good since Curry. And they lost to Richmond in the tournament. I didn't like what I saw. They did. So I'm rolling with. The, I watched that game. That was a good game. I, I really it thought was. Davidson was going to win that game. They couldn't get a shot off at the end. They couldn't do it. No, they didn't. Mm. That okay. was frustrating to watch. So you've got Boise State over Memphis. I do. I feel like whenever I pick Memphis in like an 8-9 game, they always find a way to disappoint me. And again, their best player is a center. So I don't like when it comes down to it and you need a bucket for your best player to possibly like be out of the play or not a good free throw shooter. That's why I have Boise right. State. All right, Gonzaga, Boise State. I'm going to assume you have Gonzaga in this one. Yes, I do. UConn, Vermont. Uh, the University of Connecticut. Okay. Um, whether it's Notre Dame or Rutgers, Texas Tech, you're going to go with the with the wild card team or you're going to take Texas Tech? I'm going to take Texas Tech. I think they're very strong this year. Okay. Michigan State, Duke. I think Coach K will make it one more game. I have Duke winning this, but it should be an amazing game. Izzo versus Coach K one last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think his team disappoints him. I think it's too much pressure. You know, all <laughs> this stuff about Krzyzewski, I, I it's a lot of pressure. They're all young. Now let's go to the top. Gonzaga, UConn. Spike, who you got? I have Gonzaga knocking off UConn. And I'm going to assume then, since you said Kashevsky gets one more game, that you got Texas Tech in the round of eight. Yes, I do. I think Texas Tech is very strong this year, led by Shannon and then the Oral Roberts transfer. That's a pretty good conference. The Big 12 this year is a pretty good conference. It really is. I mean, Kansas is good. Baylor is good. They got a bunch of teams. Iowa State's pretty good. Uh, Gonzaga, Texas Tech, who you got? I've Gonzaga advancing to the Final Four. Okay, that would be the third year in five for Gonzaga to the Final Four. Let's go to the bottom region, defending champion Baylor. And go ahead, tell me in the first round of that one. Um, the only upset I have in this one is Virginia Tech knocking off Texas straight off that ACC tournament win. Yeah, I don't – I'm sort of surprised that they are as low a seed as they are. But I guess that happened last year to Georgetown, too, when they were a surprise winner – in the Big East, and they got, you know, a relatively low seed. So you've got Purdue mm-hmm. at the bottom. Do you have, you have Murray State over San Francisco? Yes, I do. And I was, I was thinking when I first filled out my bracket on Sunday, Yale over Purdue, I love the Ivy League teams, but I just couldn't bring myself to pick that. 
But if there yeah. is an upset that's a surprise, it will be Yale beating Purdue. Okay, Baylor, Carolina. Baylor, again, defending champion Carolina up and down season. The Duke game was the anomaly in their season. Baylor, Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina's a really good team. Baylor's been struggling with some injuries. Um, but I have Baylor winning that game. Okay. St. Mary's, which is the Gonzaga League. St. Mary's, UCLA. I was watching a St. Mary's game earlier this year, and every single player on their team looks like they're in their mid-30s. They're a fun team to watch. <laughs> I love watching them. They got they all have like mullets, afros, you like anything you can think of, but I have UCLA knocking them off. Okay. Virginia Tech Purdue. I think Virginia Tech rides the momentum and ends up knocking off Purdue. And in a game that will mean a lot in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, Murray State and Kentucky. Those Murray State kids will die to beat Kentucky, knock them out. Who you got? That, that's, that's what I was thinking. I have Murray State winning this one. Um, there are rumors Woo! that the Murray State coach is going to Louisville, which just ups the stakes even more. Um, yeah. So I think they just have chips on their shoulder. And, yeah, I like Murray State. They're undefeated in conference play. Okay. Baylor-UCLA. I think UCLA will make it to the Elite Eight. I think they're a talented team. They returned, I think, most, if not all, of their starting five from their Final Four run last year. And I just think that experience will help carry them. You have blown up this bracket completely, <laughs> this region. You've totally blown it up. Murray State, Virginia Tech. I have Virginia Tech making it to the Elite Eight as the 11 seed. Okay, so let me explain one thing for people who were not old enough to know this. About 10 or 11 years ago, when Kemba Walker was a senior at UConn, UConn came into the Big East tournament as a ninth seed. They won five games in a row. They got to the NCAA. They won six (laughs) games in a row. They won 11 straight do-or-die games, University of Connecticut. So it's if you look at Virginia Tech they would be repeating, in essence, what Connecticut had done. I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'll ask you, no, Spike, I, who do you like? UCLA or Virginia Tech, who do you like? I wanted to go with Virginia Tech, but I just can't. UCLA has too much talent, and I'd like setting up that rematch of the Final Four game last year where Jalen Suggs hit that half-court shot yeah. for the win, so sending UCLA okay. through. Gonzaga, UCLA in the Final Four, who you got? Uh, I think UCLA will come in with vengeance, but I just think Gonzaga's too good of a team, and they're going to end up advancing to the final. Okay, and Villanova-Iowa on the other side. This is going to be a very high-scoring game. There's a lot of star power, but I have Villanova ending up winning just because I've loved them ever since February. They can shoot the free throw. They can close out games. They're a good team. And in the final game, Gonzaga or Villanova? I like both of these teams, but the truth is Gonzaga's never going to get it done. Never have been, never will. I have Villanova winning this game, and I strongly have a dislike for Drew Timmy, so Villanova's coming out on top. Wonderful. Spike, good luck. I hope it works as well for you as the pie contest worked for you. Now go to school. Say hello to your mother and your father and go to school. Get out of here. Spike Braun, boys and girls. Uh, now we open the show. I love, I love the confidence on this kid. And beyond that, beyond that, his voice has 
change. You remember when we first started with him, he had yeah. a high voice. And His now... intonations now, he has the same vocal patterns as Gary. Yes, yeah. he does. Hi, Gary. This is probably the one show you're going to listen to. You know, <laughs> And he's a total wise guy, which I love. I love that. Yeah. I could win this one, too, he said. Yeah, right. I win them all. What's so great is he's the only contributor who has not apologized for not watching more college basketball. Yeah, so if you have no faith in secondary education, <laughs> hey, Spike Braun. Yeah. yeah, that's just wonderful. Um, so I, I did, we'll, we'll do sort of a a back-end open of the show of all the things that happened in sports yesterday, and there are free agents going crazy in both football and in, in baseball at the moment. Nat's making moves. And then Nat's bringing back the <laughs> Beltway Mitterrand, who, you know, is in a headline, says a fan favorite. Maybe he's a fan favorite. He's no favorite of mine. Uh, Sean Doolittle is, it, I think he's done. I thank him for he the was, World Series. He yeah. still showed up late for the Cleveland Park Library baby story time. He, he um, didn't he get released he got designated for assignment last year. Yeah, like he's I, got nothing. I know. He, no, he, he, got, he brought some. He brought some speed back at the end of it. Really? Did you see who went to Philly? No, Brad Hand. Oh, Brad Hand. Have some oh, great I, late inning lead changes. Hey, Brad Hand. <laughs> he sticks. I forgot about Bases that. loaded. Of walks. all of them, and and I know everybody's going to have their own team, and you're going to say what's important. Freddie Freeman leaving the Braves, if that happens, is a tremendous mistake by the Atlanta Braves. Freddie Freeman is the Atlanta Braves in the way that Chipper Jones and yes. Andrew Jones were the Atlanta Braves, in the way that John Smoltz was the Atlanta Braves. Freddie Freeman's been there his whole career. He's been an all-star every year. He was the MVP two years ago. He won a World Series last year. <clears throat> when people land on first base, I don't care what language they speak. They speak to Freddie Freeman. They smile. They exchange pleasantries. Everybody likes and respects Freddie Freeman. Matt Olson's a wonderful player, and he's five years younger than Freddie Freeman. But he ain't Freddie Freeman. And this is, this is analytics. This is the Braves saying he's 32. He wants a long-term deal. We're afraid of the Pujols deal. We're afraid of the Cabrera deal. We're afraid of the Chris Davis deal. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. He can go pound sand. We're not going to do it. He's got to go somewhere else. I've never rooted for the Braves. I've rooted for Freddie Freeman. I watch him all the time because they're in a division with the Nats. For me, this is a mistake. I agree with you 100%, and I think the DH rule made this so easy for them to Stay. say, add whatever years you want. You want a sixth year? Sure. We could have you as some versatile role as, a, as still being a, a, a very serviceable uh, DH. He is a fine first baseman now, but it was easier to keep the mayor of the National League, particularly after the team that has had so much frustration where they've not had the postseason success that you thought might have been their birthright, win the World Series last year. Don't understand it. The DH, the universal DH, don't understand how that doesn't factor into your equation. He's a professional hitter. He's going to play two or three or four more years as a great everyday player. And then you're going to, if you want, you put him at D. I just, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. He's really such a valuable commodity. The mayor of baseball, is that what you call him? Mayor of the National League. Mayor of the National League. I, I, I agree. Just, I don't get that. Uh, some other stuff happened, but I don't think it's major. Did you see Cam Smith? I saw his hair. The uh, mullet? Did you I see his mustache? I tuned in <laughs> Just late. Just glistening in the sun? I tuned in. Well, it wasn't the sun when I tuned in. It was like about a quarter to seven. it wasn't raining. I thought it would be late. I thought they wouldn't finish, uh, maybe not finish at all. 
At one point, at about 5 o'clock, I tuned in, and there were nine guys at nine under. It looked like it was going to be an 83-way playoff that they would never finish. <laughs> you like Cam Smith as a player, right? I love him. He's done nothing but win big tournaments this year. And if you looked at uh, Patrick Cantley's putting performance last year at Caves, Tremendous. this was that, but with more pressure and more money at stake. The par saves in the middle of the back nine. He made 10 birdies yesterday, and those par saves were some of the biggest. And he come down. He uh, he looks like he was going to be in trouble. He snap hooks it on 16, the par 5. That has been gettable. He's able to save par with a long iron. And on 17, when things are still looking uncertain, starts it out over the water, hits it to four feet, buries the putt. Victor Hovland had a hole in one there yesterday. There were two hole, two or three holes in one yeah, in the I, tournament. I think Hovland's group is still trying to figure out a drop on that 16. On Daniel hole. Berger. Yeah. Hey, Daniel, why don't you go, why don't you go walk back 50, 50, 70? <laughs> Was there yards? any chance that Daniel Berger would take a five iron to either of his playing partners? <laughs> I, or he asked Damon to take his shirt off one more time. <laughs> I've never taken a bad drop in my life. Yeah. No, right. Credit credit to Berger and Hovland, though. They spoke after the round. No, that, that's what you have to do. Uh, let me thank Michael Kinslinger and Bill Horner for sending Hamantash Ooh. for Purim, which I think starts today. We'll be home for Purim, as they say in the movie. <laughs> You'll be home, yes. Let me thank them for that. And uh, we'll get out of here now. Who do we have next? Is it Sands? We have Sansi, yes. So is Sansi, do you think, back in his house? He probably drove back. Yeah, yeah. it should be. A couple-hour you know. drive. Okay. Yeah, stuff with the Waffle House. I'm, you the know what? I'll, the one thing I'll ask him is, I, I don't know how you felt about this, Michael. Swing by the villages for me. Check I don't availability. <laughs> I don't mind if a major South. goes over the next to the next day. When a regular tournament does, I sort of lose three interest. plus million dollars for something that I was the only one watching. Yeah, I, I <laughs> utterly lost interest in it. Well, it's outside of the sort of the rhythm of it, you know. I got to ask Sands about that. Chuck Culpepper up next, and I'm Tony Kornheiser. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Bees Deluxe, Conrad Ware and Carol Band, who say thank you so much for featuring Bees Deluxe on the January 10th podcast. We were thrilled. They've shared the link with all of our friends, <laughs> received emails from around the world in response. Bees Deluxe will be at the City Winery Loft in Philadelphia on Wednesday evening, March 23rd. We'd love to put you, Nigel, your plus ones on the guest list. You can put us on. We're not showing up. But thanks. You know. Michael, did you ever go to the City Winery Loft when you were in college in Pennsylvania? I don't think I did. Okay. So this is a song, I Smell Smoke. It's, it's, they're very, very good. Michael, if people like Bees Deluxe want to send their original music, how do they do so? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com. And as a friendly reminder, if you are interested in joining the Tony Kornheiser Show 2022 Bracket Challenge, that's through ESPN Tournament Challenge. Search for the name. And the passcode is 9 over 8. That is the number 9 <laughs> over 8. 9 over 8, which is, is that an upset? An upset, <laughs> even though Bob Ryan insists it isn't. Chuck Culpepper joins us now. He's been writing like crazy in Beijing and now in the tournament and 
Las Vegas and every place in the world. But we're not going to ask about his writing now. We're going to ask him to pick brackets. I assume you have a bracket in front of you, Chuck. And I don't know if you know how we do this, but I'll explain how we do this. We ask you to do it. That's how we do it. (laughs) So we'll start. We'll start. You know what? I, I I would ask this one thing. Okay. You would know this better than I. I would ask this of you and 40 when we get 40 on. I watched the ESPN bracket show the other night, and all four guys who presumably know something about college basketball, Billis and Seth Greenberg and LaFonso Ellis and Reese Davis, all four for the final winner picked either Arizona or Gonzaga. Because I'm old and don't stay up, I haven't seen, I've seen a little bit of Gonzaga because I see him over the years. But I haven't seen any of Arizona. But two West Coast teams. Are we at the point now where the West Coast is back with good teams? Because for about 10 to 15 years, they really weren't. I believe we are at that point. I just looked it up last night, and they had six Final Four berths in the first 20 tournaments of, of this uh, century. But they got two last year. And, uh, yeah. I watched Arizona the other night, and it's possible to get completely intoxicated by Arizona just by watching that. I watched their final against – I was there for their final against UCLA, and it's just – they have everything. It's very compelling, and, and I can see why, why – uh, yeah, I watched that too, and I can see why so many people thought that game was going to be the final, and that game is – is really, really uncomfortable, I think. You have somebody who was an assistant coach to the other guy for 20 years, and now they're going to play each other in a national final? I kind of hope it doesn't happen. It's not fair. I don't, I don't want Arizona to win. Wilbon is in Arizona. It's another home <laughs> thing for Wilbon. I just don't want him to win. I don't. All right, let's start, amazingly enough, in the Arizona bracket. In the first round, what upsets, including 9 over 8? Well, that bracket, let's see, that's the South, right? Okay. South, I, it's top right on my bracket. Yeah, South. Everybody, like, everybody likes Loyola over Ohio State. I do too, 10 over 7. And mm-hmm. I, that's the only one I see there. There's a lot of UAB over Houston, but I never pick against Houston. And so um, I would say that's the only one that I see there. Houston is a good team with a good coach in a better league than people think, to me. To me. And Houston wins like 25 games a year. I, I don't understand picking against them. So you're, not, you're picking Colorado State over Michigan then? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay, good. Good. Let's get Michigan out of here at this point. All right. Arizona Seton Hall. Who you got? Arizona. Okay, you can, and go ahead. Just talk to me. After, after I watched that game Saturday night, you can just count me for Arizona on every single line of the bracket. It's probably wrong, but there it goes. Okay. Houston, Illinois. Houston. Again, good coach, good team. Colorado State, Tennessee. 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 And at the bottom of the bracket, Loyola, Chicago, Villanova. Villanova. Okay. So now we know you're going to pick Arizona over Houston because you just said so, and you're going to stick them in the Final Four. I get it. Tennessee, Villanova. Who you got? Tennessee. So then you're going to pick Arizona over Tennessee, and I will just say this. 
I said, yes. I said this yesterday on, on television. I watched Chuck about 20 to 25 games over the weekend. Not all of them. A little bit here, a little bit there. Big games, small games, Ivy League, A-10, you know, Southern Conference, whatever was on. I watched a little bit of everything. The best team I saw was Tennessee. Yeah. They were the best team I and saw. Um, now, I don't know if that carries over, but go ahead. What do you think? Arizona has three losses this year, and that's one. So, they, But they, you will pick they, Arizona over Tennessee in a rematch? I will this time, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's go to the Midwest, the Kansas one. What do you got in the first round? Any upsets at all? No one is going to win the Midwest. It's going to be decided by a committee eventually in Indianapolis. They're going to get together and pick a team because I can't pick any of these teams to win the uh, to win the, the thing. I'll, I'll go Richmond over Iowa because everyone's so hot on Iowa that it worries me. I think sometimes the players are so young that this actually has an effect. Um, mm-hmm. And I will go. Uh, I will go Miami over USC. And right. I think those are the only two there. So you will keep Providence in. You will not be um, deterred by everyone loving South Dakota State at this point. I love South Dakota State because uh, the Jack Ra- who could not love Jack Rabbits, you know. But Jack I, um, But yeah, I, I I think that's a little too hot. So I, I shy away from that. And everyone thinks this thing's going to be chaos. So I've decided that it's actually not going to be. And you will pick LSU, even though they are mired in nonsense and they got rid of their coach, which they should have done a couple of years ago, but they finally did. You will pick them to beat Iowa State. I will pick them to beat Iowa State, even though you could have made a case they should have just declined their bid. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The oddity, of course, in this is that everything the coach did is legal now. It's totally legal. Yeah. You can walk up to a player with a checkbook if you want and say how much. All right, Kansas-San Diego State, Chuck. Ooh, Kansas. Okay. And uh, Richmond-Providence. Providence. All right. And LSU-Wisconsin? Wisconsin. And Auburn-Miami? Auburn. Okay, that gets us. That's pretty chalky at this point. Pretty chalky. It's chalky. Kansas Providence. Kansas. Okay, Kansas it is. And Wisconsin Auburn. Auburn. You like Auburn that much. Okay, Kansas Auburn. Auburn. I really. I don't, um, you know, everyone's down on Auburn, so that's. I kind of decided. And plus, I can't really pick anybody out of that, that bracket, so. Yeah, I just thought, I think that's a team with great capability. I, I just, everyone questions whether they can find it, but yes, I got Auburn out of there. Okay. Let's go to the West, where Gonzaga, the overall number one seed is, which is why Arizona is in the South. Um, first round upsets in the Gonzaga bracket. There's a lot of, I, I, I'm going to go Montana State here over Texas Tech. I'm going to try for that one. And then mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go for New Mexico State over Connecticut. Those two. Okay, so you will keep Boise State in over Memphis? I think so. I watched them the other day. Yeah, I think so. And Arkansas over Vermont. And you will take Alabama over whoever comes out between Rutgers and Notre Dame? Yes. Yes. 
Okay. And you'll take Michigan State over Davidson. That's a popular upset pick, Davidson. But you will take Michigan State. Yes, I will take Michigan State. Okay. You got a lot of states. You got Boise State, New Mexico State, Montana State, Michigan State. You are <laughs> knee deep in states, although you don't have right state. All right. Gonzaga, Boise State. Oh, boy. That's, uh, you know, that's another deal of the old assistant. Uh, Gonzaga. Okay. New Mexico State. Arkansas. Arkansas. Alabama, Montana State. Alabama. Boy, that's a second-round game, huh? Alabama. Mm-hmm. Michigan State, Duke. Duke. Okay, so here, as we step back for a second, you have Arkansas, you have Alabama, you have Auburn into the Final Four. You like the SEC. For years, there was one team in the SEC. There was Kentucky, and every once in a while, somebody else would be pretty good, but it was always Kentucky. Now, you like that as a conference, right? I do. I thought it was really tough this time around. Yeah. Yeah, you also, yeah, Tennessee, yes, you've got got a lot of SEC teams advancing. Gonzaga, Arkansas, is this the end for Arkansas? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. And Alabama Duke. Duke. And Gonzaga Duke, which is a rematch of a game that I believe was played in December, where Duke won. It was the first loss for Gonzaga. They were the number one team in the country. Gonzaga Duke. Right. It was was like 84-81. It was great. Uh, Gonzaga. Yeah. Okay. So let me get to this question. I believe, having watched Duke earlier in the year when I thought they were pretty good and then watched them against North Carolina and the two games that they won in the tournament and then Virginia Tech, which blew their doors off. They got a lot of talent. They don't look like a team. And I'm wondering if all of the Krzyzewski stuff is just too much for 18 and 19-year-olds and they're just, they're just oppressed by it. These last two Saturday nights are two of the strangest outcomes I've ever seen in the many unhealthy decades watching this sport. It's just, it, it's impossible to believe that it happened this way. The first one, of course, being, being at home to North Carolina. I mean, there's just no way they were going to lose that. And especially in the manner they did, I went back and watched it again and I still can't believe it. I still don't don't understand what happened really. And then if you had that, Coach K's final ACC tournament game was going to be a loss to Virginia Tech. There's a lot of Hokies in my life. I grew up around a lot of Hokies, and I've been texting them lately about, can you believe that that's that's the team, the program that ended it? And in that manner, just clobbered them, as you say. They did. I I cannot believe these two games. Yeah. I'm not sure I can get Duke as far as you've gotten them to the eight, but I, I hope they do. All right, let's go to Baylor. Baylor playing in Fort Worth. That's a big advantage. Who you got in the first round in that that's an upset in the East? Well, the Fort Worth's not in the East. So. East Texas, maybe. Yeah, it's East Texas. I really, yeah. I really like San Francisco. It could be that I was out in Vegas and got some sort of fumes from watching all these West, Western teams. But um, I really like San Francisco, except that I really like Murray State. So that's, they're playing each other. Yeah. I thought that was a little harsh. But I, I will go with San Francisco. I think that league, the West Coast Conference, has come a long way. And, um, and I think that's, 
that's the only one I have in there. Everything else. So you have, yeah, you have St. Mary's over whoever comes out and you have Texas over, over Virginia Tech. No, no, I have one more. I I didn't spot it there. Virginia Tech is the other one. Okay, good. Yeah. I want to make sure about that as Virginia Tech continues on this UConn quest to win every game possible. Baylor UNC. Oh, oh yeah, I put Baylor there. Okay. St. Mary's UCLA. UCLA. Virginia Tech, Purdue. Virginia Tech. And San Francisco, Kentucky. Kentucky. Okay. Baylor, UCLA. UCLA. Really? He loves West Coast teams. You got Gonzaga, you got UCLA, you got Arizona, Virginia Tech, Kentucky. Kentucky. And then, and that, if you want to consider sort of the blue blood matchups, yeah. you know, not the Aravista blue blood matchups <laughs> like Duke. No, because right. Duke, because when college basketball began, you know, through the first 50 years of college basketball, if you told me you were going to have UCLA and Kentucky, I'd put down everything. And I would sit and I would watch that game. Who you got UCLA, Kentucky? I've got Kentucky. Yeah, they, I think they're capable of finding themselves again. So there was a time in the season when I thought they were the team. So, okay. That's fair. I went into the, yeah. So I've got them. All right. Gonzaga, Kentucky. Kentucky. Woo! Goodbye, Zags. One more time. Get out of here. <laughs> Arizona, Auburn. Arizona. And in the final game, who you got? Arizona. So you have become convinced. You've watched Arizona. I never haven't even seen Arizona, but you've watched them enough to fall in love with them, right? You think they're it? It, it was just. It was a gasp every minute. It was totally gasp worthy. You know the whole time through the the final say 12 minutes of that of that UCLA game and I you know I watched them other times this year but I just think they have so much to like they block okay. about 25 shots the box score says 11 but I think it was closer to like 25 or 30 shots that they blocked so yeah I was completely I, smitten I say this all the time because it just pains me that Wilbon will win, <laughs> that he will have an Arizona team, and then he'll want Phoenix to win in the NBA. And just, it's too much. So I, it's, yes, enough with Wilbon. That's <laughs> my position. I, if I had that in Latin, I'd put it on a crest. Enough with Wilbon. I don't know how, what that is in Latin. I'll call Gretchen Wu. We'll get our Latin See if we can get that. that. Yeah. Thank you, Chuck. Go back to sleep. Enjoy yourself. We'll talk during <laughs> Thank the tournament. So much, Thanks, Chuck. Chuck Culpepper, boys and girls. Fabulous writer. Absolutely fabulous writer. Yes. We'll take a break. Steve Sands will join us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. 
This is sent to us by Cade Backus. It's called Strike Up the Band. Let me read this email because it's good. I've been a loyal little since before PTI even existed, and I've been a working singer-songwriter out of Austin for about the same amount of time. The woman I'm related to by marriage also happens to be an excellent sugar mama who has afforded me the opportunity to stay home and homeschool our children, neither of whom is a masculine child during the daytime while traveling around Texas, playing my particular brand of traditional country music on nights and weekends. My acoustic guitar and I can be found in my favorite bar, Buddy's Place in North Austin, every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m., singing for the best group of beer-swilling, near-do-well regulars I've ever had the pleasure of meeting as well as the occasional host millennial who might stumble into the hole in the wall that is buddies and begin to panic upon hearing my music and seeing the related classic honky-tonk accoutrement adorning the walls of the bar. Besides music and being a trophy dad, I love this guy. I enjoy a wide variety of hobbies you hate, such as carrying a backpack everywhere I go, fixing up old RVs, and I'm currently trying to run a marathon on all seven continents. <laughs> now, I don't have a 26.2 sticker on my vehicle, but I'm strongly considering getting it tattooed on my left calf. This song, Strike Up the Band, is my first single release of the digital music, music era. can be found wherever you stream music. I have no dreams of fame nor high artistic integrity. My main goal with this recording is to become bumper music on your fine pod. I know we're longer, longer playing this game, but I can assure you, that getting a song played on the Tony Kornheiser show will solidify me as the most famous person from my original hometown of Jordantown, Texas. Cade Backus. Love him. It's great. I love him. I actually like this kind of music. There are times in my life when I particularly like it. I would not sit and listen to it for hours. Right. But for 15 minutes or 20 minutes, I would sit and listen to it and be have let it wash over me. I really would. They have shuffleboard at this bar. Oh, you've looked up the bar? Oh, yeah. Tremendous. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Steve Sands joins us. And before we get to his picks, I, I, I want you to help me with something. I said this earlier in the show. I don't mind if a golf tournament that's a major spills over into Monday. I, I don't mind that. They don't do that anymore because they have playoffs. But I don't mind if they have to do that. I had a problem with the tournament, you know, the Players' Championship doing that. And I found myself not drawn to it yesterday. Michael watched it, of course, but I didn't find myself drawn to it. What are your feelings about going to Mondays? Oh, it's always an option. It's an outdoor game, weather-related. 72 holes is the key, Tony. They have to have, for the integrity of the competition, the integrity of the championship, it's too big of a title to revert back to 54 holes or shorten the event. If they had to go to Tuesday, they would have gone to Tuesday to finish the players. You have to do that for 72 holes. I, I don't, I don't like disagree it. with Nobody that. I'm it. saying I just, I just sort of lost a little bit of interest. And what I found intriguing is every time I would tune in, and I would tune in very early before you right. were showing the actual tournament, just showing a hole or two or something like that, Everybody would say, yeah, and by 115 or 130, you know, we'll be done with this round and we'll start the next round. And then it'll be 430. It wouldn't come close to 130. Why did that happen? Well, they, they lost a lot of time on Saturday um, because of the weather. The, the wind was crazy on Saturday. Yeah. It was really, really blowing hard on Saturday. So when they came back out to play, the rounds took six hours. And that's because they just kept backing off of shots because the wind was swirling and people are hitting the balls in the water on 16, 17, and 18, literally like it was a regular occurrence. And it just took a long, yeah. long time. So when they started getting backed up, 
there was nothing else you could do. And the other thing is the, the misnomer that when the clock changed uh, Saturday night into Sunday for daylight savings, that there was an extra hour. There wasn't an extra hour. All that did was move daylight 12 hours. It went from 6.40 a.m. to 6.40 p.m. to 7.40 a.m. to 7.40 p.m. It wasn't like a month from now when we have an extra 45 or 50 minutes of daylight. So they just got backed up. And then on Monday morning, they finished the third round, and then they started the final round, and they got it done about where they thought they would, around 6, 6.30 p.m. on Monday night. It just was a crazy weather week. Uh, an insane weather week. Uh, but the entire time, Tony, all I kept thinking of is Shane Lowry and Francesco Molinari were the picks when we spoke last yes, week. And yes, they were right yes. on the first page of the leaderboard on Monday. And I was thinking, wow, what if these two guys actually get it done and I get to talk to Tony Kornheiser again and be right for the first time in 25 years since we've been friends? I, the the greatest thing I saw in the entire tournament was Shane Lowry's hole-in-one and the reaction oh. by everybody around him, including him. I just thought that was great. And then Molinari at one point, I think on Sunday maybe, had like four birdies in a row, and I thought to myself, Sam's had these two. He's got a shot. <laughs> I He's know, got a crazy. shot. By the way, the Lowry hole-in-one. So we had Sam Ryder make that hole-in-one. At 16 in, in Scottsdale earlier, that's when all the yeah. beer cans yeah. kept going, pouring all over the golf course. Mm-hmm. If you had to get a hole-in-one on the PGA Tour, Saturday in Scottsdale on the 16th hole is where you'd want it. But, man, Shane Lowry tested that theory. Because if you get a, a hole-in-one at 17 when the crowd's going crazy and you've got a big personality like Shane Lowry, I mean, how great was that reaction? I mean, how amazing it was was that it was that was the reaction totally wonderful pure joy it was so great and then when he threw the ball into the crowd somebody whoever was calling it said don't don't throw your arm out you got more holes to play and it was that was was lovely come on uh michael is in love with uh cam smith is that his name cam smith who won correct yeah Yeah. Uh, and he said he putted he said he putted equally to patrick Cantlay at caves last year is that your assessment as well no, man, did he ever. He putted so well. Um, different circumstance, FedEx Cup playoffs, uh, going against Bryson DeChambeau up at Caves Valley uh, on a golf course where everybody was making everything and, and the scores were in the 20s uh, under par. <laughs> this is the Players' Championship. Uh, this is Cam's first time trying to win a big event of, of a stature like the Players' Championship. He made 10 birdies uh, in the final round. Ten birdies in the final round of the players to win with a 66. I mean, that kid can really play. People, people, you know, kind of discount, you know, guys who they've never really seen do it before. In the golf circles, people will tell you that Cam Smith is world-class. I mean, world-class. And he showed that this week. Man, he was so good. A deserving champion. Uh, and that, that five on 18 after hitting into the water with his second shot was was really really stout. Okay, let's get to the brackets. You know how it works. We're going to start in the Arizona bracket, which is technically the South. <coughs> Excuse me. Any upsets at all in the first round? Um, let's see. Yeah, I got Loyola beating Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, but no other ones. I, I've got Colorado State beating Michigan, but that's a 6-11 game, and Colorado State's the 6. So 
Uh, no upsets there. All right, let me write these down. You've got Colorado Loyola's State. is the only one. They're a 10 against a 7 Ohio State. Okay, let's bring it into the to the round of eight then. Who are your four teams? Uh, round of 16. Yeah, Who gets Arizona, out of the Arizona, Illinois. Uh, good matchup there. And then Tennessee. Tennessee's really good. Tennessee will beat Colorado State. They'll play Villanova. And then Nova will beat Tennessee. I think Jay Wright uh-huh. is so good. God, he's great. And let's face it, Tony, you and I are getting old. He looks great on the sideline, too. I mean, my he gosh. He does. Jay Wright. He looks like George Jeez. Clooney. He does. He, really, he looks great. Yeah. Great-looking man. And George, he's a nice George guy. Clooney, George Clooney. And he, he does he still wear the double-breasted suits? I mean, phenomenal how this guy dressed. I love that guy. Yeah, he's a great, great um, Arizona on the other side will beat Illinois. And then okay. Arizona will beat Villanova to get to the Final Four. Okay. Take us through the Midwest, the Kansas region. Who you got in the first round? Any upsets? Uh, yeah, I got San Diego State um, beating Creighton. Let's see, that's an 8-9 game. That's not really an upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Dakota State's going to beat Providence. Uh, I think Ed Cooley's a really good coach, but I think Providence goes out in the first round. They lose to uh, South Dakota State. Okay. Uh, I like Iowa State to beat LSU. LSU doesn't have to coach. Um, everybody probably has that. I don't like that, but I'll, I'll go with a, a square dog there, as they call that in Vegas. Um, Iowa State to beat LSU. And then uh, I think Miami's going to upset USC in a, in a 10 spot in a 7-10 game there. Okay. Then, Kansas-San Diego State. Kansas. Kansas will win that one. No, I got Kansas going all the way to the Final Four. So Kansas will win that one. I think Iowa will, will end uh, South Dakota State's run there. Uh, Wisconsin right. will beat Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Auburn, our man Bruce Pearl, uh, he'll beat Miami. Jim Laranega, the old George Mason guy. Hate to go against the old George Mason guy, but I'll take uh, Auburn there. And then I got Wisconsin beating Auburn to get to the Elite Eight. We'll really? play Kansas. Kansas. Kansas will beat Iowa. Kansas will beat Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, Kansas, Kansas, will, beat, beat, uh, yeah, Kansas and then, will beat Iowa. So they'll beat two Big Ten Kansas. teams in a row, right? Yep. Exactly. Kansas will beat Iowa, okay. and then Kansas will beat Wisconsin. Yeah, I got Wisconsin beating Auburn uh, in an upset there. I like the way they'll okay. slow it down. I'll take care of business there. And then uh, Kansas will beat Wisconsin to get to the Final Four, where they'll play Arizona. Okay. okay, the West region, the Gonzaga region. What about the first round? I got Gonzaga, Boise State, UConn, Arkansas, um, Rutgers. Um, I got Rutgers uh Winning, I got them playing Texas Tech, then Michigan State, and Duke. So not, no, no real upsets there. I guess Rutgers is an upset, but I got Rutgers beating Alabama. Well, you gotta have to have you have to have Rutgers beat Notre Dame. That's either tonight right. or tomorrow night before Dame that starts. Okay, sorry, yeah, Rutgers okay. beat Notre Dame to get in, and then Rutgers to beat Alabama. They extended the Rutgers guy, Pykel, who used to be at UConn. Um, I good think coach, he was a player man. there, an assistant coach, and they extended him at Rutgers immediately because he's pretty good. They're, All right, they're, Gonzaga, they're Boise good. State. Yeah. They're pretty they good, by the way, especially at the rack. I, mean, I know they're on the road for an NCAA tournament, yeah. but I still think they're going to win a couple games. Uh, Gonzaga will beat Boise State. UConn will beat Arkansas. UConn's good, by the way. Uh, real good. Uh, Texas Tech will beat Rutgers. It pains me to say it. I, I would love to see Izzo beat Krzyzewski, but I think Duke's going to beat Michigan State. All right, Gonzaga, doesn't break, UConn. Doesn't break, doesn't break my heart that 
Coach K had his week ruined by Carolina <laughs> playing at Cameron, and then again seven or eight days later having their yeah. uh, run end of the ACC tournament by Hunter Couture, by the way, who grew up across the street from us with 31 for Virginia Tech. That kid is so cool. Wait, His fam- wait, family's wait. great. Hunter's great. He's a great kid. He grew up across the street from you? Hunter Couture used to, literally, when he was a little kid, we had a, we had a hoop in our backyard, and he came over one time, a little kid. We used to play in the street all the time, same age as our kids, blah, 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 the whole thing, great family, literally across the street. And he said, uh, Mr. Sands, would you mind if I, if I shot hoops in your backyard? I said, sure, anytime you want. And when I said, of course, anytime you want, he literally took that <laughs> to heart and was in our backyard like every day growing up, shooting hoops. Whether we were there or not, whether we were home or not, he was always in our backyard shooting hoops. It's a great kid. So happy for him. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And his, and his parents wonderful. are great. His, his, his brothers and sisters. I mean, they're great family. And Hunter's a, a wonderful kid. Wow. Did yeah, you advise cool. him to go to Virginia Tech, or did you say, why don't you stay closer to home <laughs> no, so no. people can I, see you? I did not advise him to go to Virginia Tech, but I mean, we followed him his whole career. We, it was just really cool to see him grow up, play well at Virginia Tech. And he went off the other night. Uh, I mean, went off. And if you're a Maryland fan like we are, and you go off against Duke, that elevates you to a different status, <laughs> a different status here. And when you actually know the kid since he was born, and he's a wonderful kid from a wonderful family, uh, it makes That's it even lovely. sweeter. <laughs> All right, Gonzaga, UConn. Gonzaga will beat UConn. That'd be a good game. UConn can play. Uh, Gonzaga will beat Te- UConn. Texas Tech is going to upset Duke. Texas Tech's good. Uh, and then Gonzaga's going to beat Texas Tech to get to the Final Four again. Okay. Uh, let's go to the Baylor region where Virginia Tech is, I believe. So let's. what do you got in the yes, first round? I got Baylor. Uh, I got Carolina. St. Mary's, UCLA. I've got Virginia Tech winning that first game. I think Virginia Tech's going to upset Texas in a 6-11 mm-hmm. game. Uh, Purdue's really good. Purdue's going to win. Uh, we've got Murray State beating San Francisco. I love that San Francisco. The Dons are back in the tournament. It's really cool. And uh, Kentucky on the bottom. Kentucky okay. will beat Murray State. Purdue will end my man Hunter Couture's run. I love the kid. And I hope Virginia Tech wins, but I think Purdue's just got – they just have too much. Uh, UCLA will beat St. Mary's. And Baylor will end Carolina's season and get to the Sweet 16. Okay. Baylor, uh, UCLA. I've got, U- I've got UCLA upsetting Baylor. So Baylor will be the first one that gets out. UCLA will get to the Elite Eight. Purdue will uh, lose to Kentucky. Kentucky will play UCLA. And Kentucky pains me. Not a huge Calipari guy. But Kentucky will uh, beat UCLA and get to the Final Four. Okay, so you had there's like your bracket, and a lot of brackets are like this. There's no team in the East. There's no Eastern team at all on any level in your bracket. The closest one is Kentucky, which we don't think Kentucky. of as in the East. All right, so Gonzaga, exactly. Kentucky, who you got? I've you got Gonzaga, Gonzaga, there? Beating, Gonzaga beating Kentucky. Uh-huh. On the other side, Arizona beating Kansas. And your winner? I've got Arizona cutting down the nets. Arizona beating Gonzaga. They are long. Did you watch that UCLA game the other night? They no, are long. Did not. They are athletic. And, Tony, they can defend, man. Oh, 
can they defend? And they can defend at the rim. It is hard, hard to play Arizona. I think Arizona wins it all, which, which, okay. which kind of sucks because I think Mark Few is fabulous, and he's been to a couple of championship games in the last five years, and I think he's going to get to another one. Uh, but I, I think they're going to come up short, just a little short again, which is a shame because I'd love to see Gonzaga win it all, but God, Arizona is really, really good. I will be honest. I will have no if that's if that's the final, and a lot of people think Gonzaga Arizona is the final. Steve, I have no, I have no dog in the fight. I have no particular interest in it. I'll watch it. Nope. But I bring nothing I was to say it. You'll watch you know? it, right? Oh sure, oh sure. I just yeah. bring nothing to it. Nothing. All right. Thank that's you. Monday Talk of, to you during Monday the tournament. It's Monday of Masters week, man. It's so good. The final four yeah, Saturday, great, then then Monday, and week. then Masters the following week. It's fantastic. It's a great week of sports. It is. And then Wilbon will tell you, but the NBA is, you know, <laughs> we've got to watch NBA games. Yeah. I don't know. We well, and usually that's opening day or right around opening day. Opening day of baseball. Not this year, not though. This year, exactly. not this year. It's a great week. Stop with the All NBA right. Talk to you soon. Thank playoffs. you, Steve. Thank, thank you. Okay, guys. All right, guys. Be good. Steve Sands, boys and girls of the Golf Channel. We will take a break. We will have email and jingle when we return. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Bruce Griffin. That's <laughs> so, fantastic. It's amazing, isn't it? I so admire people who can sit down at a piano and do that. I was thinking if Mitch just, Album was going to do a mailbag oh, theme for us, it would be like that. Great. Brilliant. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. That's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, got to know how to pony like Boney Maroney. Mashed potato, do the alligator. Put your hands on your hips. Let your backbone slip. You do the Watusi like My Little Lucy. Not everybody knows that that's Cannibal and the Headhunters in Land of a Thousand Dances, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was I was taking it from a Wilson Pickett. Yeah, but well, he they, did but, it too. Yeah. But yeah. it, that was, did they do the original one? That's what I thought. Yes. But it's Land of a Thousand Dances. Yes, it and is. I think it's Cannibal and the Headhunters. I think you're probably right. But they're not as good as Wilson Pickett. They're just not. Thanks to our guests today, Spike Braun, Chuck Culpepper, Steve Sands. Thanks to our sponsors, X-Chair Trade Coffee. Love Trade Coffee. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. Get the show through Apple. Please leave us a review. 
We're going to wrap up the famous people from your hometown today. From Clay Mason. Growing up in Frankfort, Kentucky, home to about 25,000, one of the smaller capital cities in the United States, meant not a lot of famous people being from there, but here's a short list. U.S. Supreme Court Justice John Marshall Harlan, Elijah Craig, Baptist preacher and early bourbon distiller, George C. Wolfe, Broadway producer and film director, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is his latest, and well, that is the list. But there's a guy still residing here you may have heard of, Daniel Boone, buried there since 1845 after his bones were taken from a grave in Missouri where he had died 25 years earlier. Oh, and a great distillery is here, Buffalo Trace, maker of Eagle Rare and Blanton's and the famous Pappy Van Winkle bourbon, which I had parenthetically goes for thousands of dollars. And yes, the documentaries about the bourbon heist are questionable in accuracy. I spent a long time in the D.C. area with the FBI before transferring back to Kentucky. I'm now retired. I have a private investigation business. Can I be the official private investigator of the Tony Kornheiser Show? Yes, you can be. I have people I want you to investigate. <laughs> a long time ago. People I've known for a long time. We've got I list. want you to investigate them. From Brett Lamp. People writing in with scores of famous people from their quaint hamlets of Seattle, Los Angeles, New York City, etc. They need to sit this one out. That's not the point of this game, you rum dum. The point of this game is to list famous people from small towns. <coughs> My hometown of Germantown, Illinois, boasts a sprawling population. 1,250 people as of the later latest census and cows, pigs, and chickens all outnumber people by a factor of 10 to 1. Buster only would be proud, also likely <laughs> to know about how Germantown's favorite son is. It's, led, it's the late, great Red Shandingst. I know him. He was a great player for the St. Louis Cardinals. I know him as a personal friend of my grandfather's, a gracious man and an excellent storyteller. Germantown has grown exponentially in recent years, almost 100% larger in the past 20 years. I have to believe it was less than 500 people during the days of Red and my grandpa Al playing ball together on the now renamed Shane Deans Field. The only piece of baseball memorabilia I own is an autographed ball from Red. May he rest in peace. And that is a mic drop moment for a town of 1,251 people. All you big city elitists can eat it. From Kevin Washington. You want famous people from small hometowns? Well, it doesn't get much smaller than my hometown. Ekron, Kentucky. Population 171. <laughs> Birthplace and childhood home of baseball Hall of Famer Harold Henry Pee Wee Reese. Lived here until he was nearly eight, then his family moved to Louisville. Ekron was a booming town in those days. There was a train station, distillery, tobacco warehouse, hotel, and saloon. Now we got nothing other than a pretty nice elementary school and rumors of a dollar general maybe being built. I lived here all my life. I've always thought it was never hyped enough that we are the hometown of such an important player in baseball history. Pee Wee Reese, for God's sakes, great friend of Jackie Robinson, lived in Louisville till he died in 1999, less than an hour away. Someone should have invited him to come back from time to time. Maybe we'd still have a saloon. Pee-wee's saloon has a nice ring to it. The town did finally name a street after him and put up a historic marker, but all that came after he had passed. Anyway, that's it. That's the list. Isn't that nice? That oh, is. there's a barn near here that Jesse James supposedly slept in, but every town in the Midwest <laughs> says that. From Chris Aaron. Hope I'm not too late for this, but my hometown, Benton, Illinois, has roughly 7,000 people. Has produced a couple of famous folks. How about actor John Malkovich and NBA Olympic basketball star Doug Collins? That's pretty good for That's, a real small yeah, town. Yeah, that is very good. Um, from Arthur Hall. Started following you as a young Marine stationed in D.C. in early 80. Wanted to brag a little on my hometown of Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. I think we do pretty well for a mill town that no longer has a mill. Population around 6,000. Mike Ditka, Tony Dorsett, Daryl Revis, Ty Law, Sean Gilbert, Pistol Pete Maravich, Henry Mancini. Are you kidding me? <laughs> kidding me? And to brag a little more, the high school of less than 110 boys 
won the state 4A championship playing up three classes because nobody wanted to play. <laughs> Matt Roos saying right. Lawrenceville, New York. Lawrenceville. Bob Ryan grew up in Lawrenceville, New York, I believe. Did not know that. Everyone has been writing in with notable alumni from their hometowns. I'm not quite sure that the Kornheiser I team is confirming this. In a completely unrelated topic, I grew up in East Brunswick, New Jersey. I'm proud to share the town with local heroes LeBron James, Bono, Socrates, and my friend Kevin from Algebra Class. That's not true. I like it. From Alan McCormick, now residing in another celebrity wasteland, Belvedere, Illinois. I thought this new game of naming famous people from your hometown was going to die out by now. This is, we're, we're grandfathering this stuff in, and then <laughs> yes. it's done. Yes. But since it hasn't, I'll join in. My hometown is Harvard, Illinois, where the claim to fame is our annual Milk Days Festival and fiberglass Holstein cow named Harmilda in the center of town. <laughs> there are zero famous people from Harvard. In fact, if you read this email on the air, it make me the most famous person from well Harvard. Well done. From Ray Cullum in New Rochelle, New York. Cheltenham High School, <coughs> Cheltenham, Pennsylvania. Reggie Jackson, Jonathan Netanyahu, leader of the Israeli raid on Entebbe Airport, plus his little brother, Ben. That's the list. Please tell Abington High School to eat it. From Dave in Hannibal, Missouri. Everybody knows Hannibal Moe. Hannibal, yes. Yeah. Shoeless Joe from Hannibal, Hannibal Moe. That's right, yeah. The list of hometown famous people let me offer Hannibal, Missouri. We boast the commander of the MASH 4077, Colonel Sherman T. Potter in fiction. <laughs> we also have Hannibal's favorite son, fiction writer Mark Twain. Let me tell you, the town never lets you forget that. After boating on Mark Twain Lake, you can explore Mark Twain Cave. You can ride the Mark Twain Riverboat down the mighty Mississippi. Can I interest you in the Twain on Main Street Festival in June or National Tom Sawyer Day? Around the 4th of July. How about Mark Twain Distributors, Mark Twain Brewery, Mark Twain Dinette, or Mark Twain Title Insurance Company? No? Don't have any of those needs? How about Mark Twain Ready Mix for all your concrete purchases? <laughs> Wonderful. By the way, I have, I have updated information. Chris Kenner was the original... Uh, Land of a Thousand Dances? Yes, in 1963. Then Cannibal and the Ed, uh, Ed Hunters, and then okay. Wilson Pickett after that. Okay, all right. Ward K. in Vienna, Virginia, hometown baseball version. I grew up in a suburb of Detroit called Livonia. As a little leaguer, we all knew that Bernie Carbo was one of us, but there is more. I grew up in a housing tract that used to be part of Eddie Seacott's strawberry farm. He lived in his old farmhouse until he died in 1969. One of my neighbors when I was a kid was a young Tigers pitcher, Denny McClain. So two of baseball's best pitchers who also got suspended for gambling. Eddie Seacott was in the Black Sox scandal. Yeah. For gambling, lived just a half mile apart. Oh, and according to Wikipedia, F.P. Santangelo was born in Livonia. So it might be true. From Carl in Oswego, New York. There are no famous people that you would have heard of from my hometown of Raynell, West Virginia. Population 1,500. But I add parenthetically, the population was 1,900 when I was growing up. I don't know or really care how many outlets are in my kitchen. But my car odometer turned to 80008 while I was listening to Friday's podcast. That is a palindrome, and it also reads the same one turned upside down. So at least I got that going for me. <laughs> From Andy Shaner. I think it's pronounced Shaner. I hope so. In Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. I have to take issue with Tim from Mount Horeb, who said there are no famous people from his hometown of McQuanago, Wisconsin. I know that town. My dog is from there. We picked him up at a shelter in 2016. McQuanago is actually a Native American word meaning bear's den. But as a lifelong Packer fan, I couldn't name the dog after a bear. However, my first love in baseball was the Cubs, which seemed appropriate for a little puppy anyway. And we named him after the great Ernie Banks. So there you go, Tim. You can tell everybody that Ernie, the black lab mix, is the most famous animal to come from McQuanago. Personally, I'm from Wausau, Wisconsin. Home of Elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch and Dave Craig, who owns the unfortunate distinction of being number three in career NFL fumbles behind Brett Favre and Warren Moon. Tim Lalonde, 
no longer living in Syracuse. Famous people from Syracuse, New York. Jim Beheim, Julie Beheim, <laughs> Jimmy Beheim, <laughs> Buddy Beheim. That's it. And one from Jonathan Clunan. Hope it's not too late. You're in under the wire, pal. Butte, Montana, checking in. Evil Knievel, that's all. It's a good yeah. one. That's it. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, do wear white. I hate bananas. I hate squirrels. I hate watermelon. I hate pumpkins. I like olive. I do like olives. <laughs>
Strike up the band, play me some Jones. 